Hello and welcome to Great Rift episode 17, hobby episode 4. Hello Jamie. Hi Dave. Hello mate, I'm good mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, still too still bad. alive, still not caught coronavirus, so... Yeah, it's good, it's good. Keeping the family safe a million miles away from Brighton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in Bath we've had like one case in the last two months, so... It's because no one goes there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a late, it's like a... Um, League of Gentlemen. Yeah, pop, exactly. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> For local people. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, hello listeners. We are doing another hobby episode today. And luckily there's been a fair bit of hobby going on recently, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how many times we can say that joke in our group now, Jamie. But um, yeah, there's there's some hobby has happened, which is great. Um, so before we get into all the Indomitus, Indomitus stuff, Jamie, I think... What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I've been painting non-stop, actually. It's been a lot a lot of painting during a lot of meetings. But, um, so, trying to think, from the last time we recorded, I it's that night, I guess, that's the main one, uh, the Forge World Night. I mean, <laughs> I completely forgotten the name of it. I've just been working on it for like a month. But The one with the cannon that's really short range? Yeah, so it's the... It's the Sarastus Night Range. Yeah. Sarastus, Sarastus Night. So it's like the Mechanicum one. And it's the one, it's the Atropus, I think. I'm butchering these names. It's Mechanicum names. Ah, they're all made uh, up. But it's the one with like, the big Laz Cutter, which is nine inch range. The gun is almost nine nine inches long itself. So. <laughs> it looks think... stunning, man. It looks really, really good. Cheers. Yeah, it's it was... I've never painted something that big. It was quite the uh, quite the challenge, actually. But um, did you find it easier or harder? Uh, it's um, yeah, there was definitely things actually I found easier. Like you can just do a whole panel, and actually, in a lot of nights as well, I think you just need to focus on the armor panels the most, and it works. Like I just spent a lot of time painting like cables and things, and realizing actually the pauldrons cover a lot of the side bit. So mm-hmm, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in terms of people that paint um, in parts or as one model. And I think that's why I always lean to one model, A, because I'm lazy and I don't like painting too often in parts. But secondly, half the stuff that people really like focus in on and lose loads of time over, it's like, you're just going to stick that to something and never see it ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, I did spend more, I did spend working time on the panels, which is good, and house. So it's in the House Tyrannus to fit my um, Admech, the, the first night hold, the true the true night house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, so they got quite a good colour scheme. It's black and white and red. So nice. white white is really cool for showing up the weathering. Black is uh, black's just cool as well for transfers and things. And then um, I've got like a candy shiny red on it, which mm. is which is really nice. Who sprayed that? Uh, Woody did that for me. Oh, lovely. Oh, paint what, shop. What a lovely yeah, job. Cool. What a lovely guy. <laughs> yeah. um, so I sent cool. him some new brushes as a thanks. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. Um, so, what else have you been doing? Have you was it you've started on the dogs as well? Is that right? Yes. So uh, currently, I'm doing the like, Cerberus Raider things. Yeah. That's what I called the Raider. I'm doing the Raider options because I think they're, they're really cheap as a unit. It's ridiculous, like three power levels or something, seventy points. Yeah, but they're like they're definitely cool, like sniper characters. They 
you know, they're on quite big bases as well, so they're board, board control. Um, they move move really fast. I think on sixes they cause a mortal wound. Um, yeah, they, they're cool. And then they've got a, a, a cool stratagem where if they get charged, you can fall back and shoot, I think. so. Nice, nice. I like how they just look like steampunk cowboys. <laughs> yeah, they've got, they got like the um, big scarf thing going on like they got the hoods and then they got these big red scarves yeah i'm a big fan man i think i think um each time they add to the admec range it gets better like it looks so such a beefier range now if that makes sense oh yeah no yeah it's like a proper range now there's um i think they've pretty much got everything now so they got a flyer which the flyer is cool the helicopter haven't got that yet but very da vinci yeah it is yeah and I think the the best version of that is the bomber, where you can like strafe run bombs over people. Has it got? Has it got like a Lancaster bomber style undercarriage gun, like a turret that sticks out of the glass? Um, I made that up. It's got like a, it's got like a Lancaster bomber turret glass dome thing at the front, yeah. yeah. And then the back, it's got like a, it's got like four bombs on a on a circle, and I think it just like rotates and drops them. Nice. It's cool, it's cool. That's very cool. Um, They've got a flyer, they've got new transport um, as well in that. And then they've got the other fly bat things as well. They're Mm -hmm. pretty cool. They're really good, actually. The flamers are beastie. Nice, nice. It's very cool. Yeah, anything else for the mech? Oh, I did um, did one of the coolest Grey Knight characters, I think. Oh, Grey Knights, yeah, yeah. Castle and Crow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Or Castell and Crow. Castell and Crow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's cool. It's a really old model, though. It's like, it's some fine cast. So it's definitely um, janky in places. Yeah. It's just yeah. so weird painting a sword, like doing that demon sword that he's got. Why is he so allowed like, to carry that in the fluff? I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, really, it's really bad. So basically, the sword, apparently, it's a, de- it's a chaos. They think it's a chaos god in it, basically. Oh. Shit. Or one another chaos god. There's, there's rumors that it's a chaos god, but basically it's, it's a chaos demon thing that basically single handed like it possessed loads of rulers and basically controlled three entire galaxies at one point, <laughs> <laughs> just by like possessing people and like controlling them. And there's a guy so just the running entire, around. Yeah, exactly. I just imagine this sword on like a throne, being like like with a little mouth on it, like do this, do that. <laughs> But like, um, so the whole entire Grey Knight chapter, all like all, all the Grey Knights had to like basically go around and clear clear shit up, and then um, they were going to destroy it. But they were like, oh, don't know, they couldn't destroy it, and they wanted to know if there's any other like the secrets of it and stuff. So basically, it gets passed to someone, and Castell and Crow is the the keeper of the sword, basically the warden of the blade. Are they he, are they damned though? No, he cannot be corrupted. That's he's fucking like insane. Purest, pure grey knight ever. So it like whispers stuff to him. It tries to corrupt him. It tells him like things to do, and he has to take note of everything it says, in case there's like a hidden message of like how to destroy it in there or something, or it gives away something. So he's basically that. And he tried. You know, at one point he was using normal sword, but um, he's worried that somehow it would come out of the scab and someone might grab it or something. So he basically ha- ends up having to use it. And that's why it's kind of shit in the game, because it's fighting against him as well. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't want to be wielded. No, so it's really... It's, it, there's, a, there's a cool rule about him, and he's really good at like, killing chaff. He like, goes through chaff like no tomorrow, but... 
it's got like no hardly any AP and no damage on it because it's yeah it's fighting against them. But uh, it's he's he's a really cool character. That's really cool, corrupted. man. That's exactly why you should be using it. It's just cool yeah. character. Nice, nice. Anything else hobby wise? Uh, no, it's got a fancy display case to put them all in now. Mm, have you put that on our Instagram page for people to listen to, to look I at? I didn't know. I will. I put a video up of it. I end up. I do find myself just staring, not because I'm you know like not all my models, but I just got, most of the time literally I've painted stuff and they just gone into box like a week after I painted it and not seen the light of day again. So it's kind of really nice to see stuff you painted all together. It looks cool. Yeah, and out out the reach of. Four, five-year-old children? Four? Yeah. Yeah, four-year-old children. Yeah. yeah, that's good, man. I'm very jealous. I don't I don't, I don't, don't have a hobby case, and I would like one. Yeah. Yeah, jealous. you should do. It's good. it's good. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so, any other hobby, or shall I go on to... No, yeah, you go. You go. Yeah. Cool. As ever, you've been very busy. Um, <laughs> so, I, t- I had a bit of a gap, actually. I didn't do anything for about two and a half, three weeks. I just hit that sort of lull. I think, especially when all the Indomitus stuff was going on, I got a bit, um, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is. I think it's also coincided with lockdown easing slightly. So I could go out again and see people that I hadn't seen for 10 weeks or whatever. So I did a fair bit of not painting models. But um, the last week or so, I've picked back up, which has been good. Um, I've been doing uh, my historical 40k Armageddon project. So my Yarrick, which I finished tonight, literally about half an hour before we got on this call. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah, it looks great, man. It looks really cool. Yeah, I tried to keep Such him looking like the old one, if you know what I mean. Not not the old one with the funny claw, but as in the way they painted it back in the original code, uh, Armageddon Codex. Like, quite muted colours. Um, the current rendition by the Heavy Metal team is quite bright. Um, I didn't yeah. like that. I wanted to look like a grumpy old man. So, yeah, kept him very muted. I'll stick that on the Instagram later. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Not, the one, not the one with the crab claw, is it? It's not. No, he has an orc arm, but the, the, I think our friend Jack still uses the one with the crab claw in his Valhallans. Yeah. Looks quite cool. But, yeah, really happy with that. And I've nearly finished my first five Scions, Tempestus Scions, which I've painted up in what I perceive as an Armageddon colour palette with, like... Uh, beige fatigues and black carapace armour um, and realised after I paint, nearly finished painting them that they look like Ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> they look like the original Ghostbusters they look like they're wearing the same sort of fatigues and carrying black rifles yeah. so I'm, I'm okay with that um, my favourite yeah. thing though in this project is what we talked about last hobby episode is that I've sunk a lot of time into the bases and making sure that they they have a bit of character and they're built up so it looks like you know they're within the world that they're meant to be which is armageddon so it's like rubble and orc skulls and human skulls sort of half buried in the sand and bits of like machinery and orc totem banners is like i've got a banner sticking out of yarrick's base slightly so it just looks like he's not just flat um so yeah coming together um they look cool yeah you gotta do an ecto one transport for the scions yeah yeah i should i really should i get a little like siren like a <laughs> um on the no transports i've got i've also got three tanks uh, two chimeras and a lehman russ just on the on the table ready they've been spray painted as soon as i finish the uh five scions they're my next project then i'm gonna take a break and i'm gonna kill myself by painting loads of black power armor and i'm gonna do those 
10 um, Black Templars that I've got. Uh, I'm really keen to make them part of this force um, as part of this sort of historical 40k Armageddon campaign that we're aiming to do next year. Um, I want to get that out of the way before I touch any of the Indomitus stuff. Uh, I want to sort of clear my backlog and make sure I've finished a project I've started before I dive back into an entire box set of Primaris, which is what I did for most of <laughs> lockdown. So, um, yeah, all in all, hobby's going well. Um, in terms of books, I finished the latest Horus Heresy book um, on, I think it was this time last week, and it was an absolute joy. It is so good. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't re re recommend uh, Saturnine enough. It's probably Dan Avnet's best ever book. Um, yeah, I kind of... I really just want to kind of rush, rush to get to that point, but I know there's lots of, lots of good storylines still to go where I am. So, yeah, I I would recommend not rushing because so much of the awesome awesome stuff in it has been teed up over the last ten fifteen years. So yeah. like, there's some serious payoff in this one, and yeah, I don't I don't want to give too much away, but there was more than one moment where I literally said out loud, "Fuck yeah!" Like it was just so good. Um, yeah, you get to see some old characters doing some gnarly, gnarly shit. Um, yeah, can't recommend enough. Um, but yeah, that's my hobby. Uh, lots of audiobooks. I'm currently listening to uh, Carrion Throne by Chris Ray at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. He does really good um, stories in general, just about terror. He's done so many set on terror, like the Watchers of the Throne, but uh, uh, audiobooks and stuff. Gives a really good insight into what it's like in the sort of heartland of, of the um, uh, you know the, the galactic empire it's um pretty dark shit a lot of it you know it's pretty miserable it's just how just how we like it so so he's the one that's used it does the um is that the stories of the the custodies and the sister of silence is that yes it? yeah that's watches of the throne yeah he did those two which were fantastic um i think carrying the throne might be older than them two and i think it's set just before Gilliman comes back. I've not finished it yet. I've not worked okay. out the timeline, but I'm 99.9% .9 sure the, the Great Rift hasn't exploded across the galaxy yet. Yeah, man. Oh, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do want to read those. Those models are pretty cool as well, actually, that they released. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think they're in this story. I could be wrong because I'm not there yet, but it's it's very much the same and it feels the same, but it's totally different characters. This, oh, okay, this yeah, cool. uh, Carrion Throne is about um, it follows a new Inquisitor who's called a interrogator joining a very long term Inquisitor in one sector they get given sectors and he's been looking after this one sector of terror for 100 years at least um, and it's very it's almost like a buddy cop movie you know there's there's the sort of he he He's been doing it for so long, he lets civilians get away with stuff that maybe a young, sprightly Inquisitor would interrogate them and set them on fire for. Um, because he just knows that you've got to pick your battles in Terra. And there's um, there's a really good line where she's going through loads of audio data trying to track down a target. And he said, like, what you'll find with Terra is if you try and stop everything, you'll... You, you won't be able to hear, you've got to listen for the no noise. You've got to listen to who's not making a noise. That's how you'll find your target. Because it's like terror is just consistently corrupt. It's, it's actually an impossible place to govern. Um, so it's really interesting, like, it's the heartland of the Empire and it's probably the most seedy and awful place there is. 
because it's just yeah. it's got billions and billions of people on it. It's impossible to police. So yeah, it's really interesting. Really, really good. Let's talk about the meat of the episode, Jamie, which is Indomitus and ninth edition. Yeah, actually, um, the new edition that just sort of appeared. Out yeah, of nowhere. yeah. So that was going to be my first sort of. I'll do it as questions to you, Jamie. Let's let's try that. What was your what was your uh, initial reaction to this landing? To be fair, when they said something revealed, I did I did not think it would be a new edition, especially with all the like the psychic awakening stuff that was going on. So like, books were still not released yet, and obviously with like lockdown as well, I was like, nah. They, even if they had one in the works, they'd surely just put it back a bit. But now nah, they they did. Mm. Yeah, been testing a lot of stuff and. For quite a while, so yeah, yeah. It's um, I think I remember. I think you and me were very much in our in our gaming chat with the gang from Brighton, BWC guys. We were very much. I think we were the most vocal of nah, no chance, not a new game. It's just going to be like a box set of new Space Marine stuff, and we had to eat some humble pie, which is yeah, I fair mean... enough. Part of me was like, it doesn't make financial sense for GW to be like, you know, because. They've been locked down, so their, their production run has stopped and not been able to produce stuff. And I kind of, now, after everything, I kind of still stick by that a little bit. But, um, yeah, it just didn't seem like the right time to do it for me personally, but there yeah. we go. I mean, they've they, they've announced today they've had the most finan- successful financial year they've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it must have worked. Um, but... Yeah, it was. I guess just from my point of view, it was a surprise. It is a total surprise, and mostly from a bit of frustration, which we can get to later. I, you know, I know that they're a business and they they've got to make savvy business decisions. But we know how long it takes them to make things, and it to me implies that they're making. They were making a, net, a ninth edition while producing things for eighth edition, including things to play the game like books. But we'll come to that later. Um, that's that's a bugbear for me, and I know it is for a lot of the community. Um, but let's let's just talk about the box, man. Let's talk about all the fucking really cool stuff because it's easy to gripe. But fuck yeah. me, fuck me, it is a great set. It is a fantastic set. Like I, I've got it next to me. I'm staring at it in awe. Um, let's talk about some of the marines and the some of the crons. Um, so I'm just going to call out some of my favourite bits of the Marine set. I mean, we don't need to tell everyone what everything is because they know. But for me, the most important model in, in the set is the Chaplain, the Primaris Chaplain. Yeah, man, he's so cool. He's so nice and he looks amazing. And I think that is in direct response to the existing Chaplain Primaris model that came out with the initial launch, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? Because yeah, that, that model, for all of the great models they make, and all of the fact that Primaris range nearly landed perfectly, that original Chaplin model, I think, looks really naff. I, I don't think they nailed it very well. It looked just not like he was part of the range. He looked like he was designed by someone completely different. Um, yeah, it, it looks... He's a cool model, but not doesn't look like a Chaplin mm-hmm. to me. Like, so, I don't... Yeah, it kind of felt like they had something maybe cool, and they just fitted it into the chaplain like trying to squish it into a chaplain role 100 percent. he almost looks like a stormcast eternal like his his leg arm his leg armor is is like it looks different it doesn't look right it's i think you're right i think it was a different design and they went uh we need a chaplain and just stuck him into a chaplain because 
he doesn't look right. It's really bizarre. Um, I've seen some good conversions. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, just swapping the Crozier's head was an immediate thing that pretty much everyone <laughs> did. I didn't do any damage with that. Yeah, it looked like a twirling baton for a, a, yeah. you know, a, a cheerleading squad. It was really bizarre. But, you know, the new one, he looks hench. He look, they've always been one of my favourite models. Like, they look hench and beasty and like they can take a pounding and still sing you know all the hymns they want to sing and yeah <laughs> really really impressed yeah, and like the um just also like metal face as well that's pretty cool it's kind of a sort of a the cassius is it cassius the yes yeah, yeah 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 so got that got that feel about it just like just takes damage because it's in the front line all the time but yeah in cool. the thick of it yeah yeah i think all the marine characters in it are fantastic but he he's the shining light for me because it's it's the, it's an it's erased a a, a, a a mistake in my opinion i think the last one was just a totally wrong model um especially when you put it next to like the apothecary that came out at the time who just still right now looks amazing like yeah it's strange it's cool. release all these lovely models and then this chaplain comes out like yo just didn't look right um the only thing he's missing is a back banner. <laughs> Bring back the back banner. Oh, they seem to have sacked those off completely, haven't they? They have. They, they are <laughs> they love, especially after painting Cassian Grey with a back banner. I was like, fuck, I do love... I do think they look cool. So <laughs> I, I never I never put them on when I was a kid. I always left them off because they just always snapped. Yeah. I think that might be why they were just a bit too spindly. I think because there's a whole rules about seeing characters and like, well, I can see his banner. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, sticking on the chaplain, the sub the subject of chaplains, um, the other model in it, which is probably the most um, polarizing, I guess, the Judicar. Yeah, definitely uh, split split the camps. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a fan as is. I'd happily take him exactly as he is, but I do get the gripe about the head. Um, fair enough, it's not for everyone. It is a bit unspace marine and it's a bit flat. But I think you've got to take it in the context of his job. Like he's meant to look like someone that goes around and executes, um, you know, people that deserve to be executed. So he kind of looks like a traditional old executioner, you know, like um, uh, med- uh, what's it like medieval times. And they use those swords, those flattened swords. They're 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 there for lopping heads off. So he kind yeah. of he is the 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 what's the right word. Here's the full picture, but I do get that the helmet's just a little bit weird. But I don't hate it. No, I, I, it kind of looks like he, at the minute, it does look like he's wearing like a coronavirus face mask or a bandana. Yeah, yeah. But um, I dig it. I think it's cool. I mean, it's such an easy thing to change and for yourself as well. Like, yeah. I've seen so many good ones. Like, uh, our mate Elf has put um, a Dark Angels hooded head on and it gives it like a proper Grim Reaper look yeah which I, I dig I mean loads of people are going to do the house skull masks from the oh, what's that box called Reaver. these guys Reavers Reavers yeah those ones are their role has totally been butchered by everything else yeah I do feel for the Reavers they've um, they've they, well I haven't seen the new codex but they do seem like they've lost their job a little bit because there's stuff that does better versions of what they did um, yeah. But they've never quite worked, as far as James could explain to me, that they've never quite functioned properly in the game. And that, that, that people prefer taking them with just little bolt guns instead of the pistols and the knives. And it's like, but then you might as well just take normal Space Marines because they're cheap. Yeah, exactly. But um, 
Yeah, so they'll use those heads probably, I'm sure. I've seen loads of those. Mm. So yeah, he's a cool character. Um, he's pretty, like, his sword is pretty brutal actually, in game-wise. He's, he's got um, some good skills. Yeah, I'm umming and ahhing about the helmet. Like, I don't hate it, but I am thinking of just giving him a standard knightly helm. Like, just, just to make him look more regal, because I've mentioned it on the previous episode where I talked about um, my Sons of Dawn, my my homebrew chapter. Um, I've tried to make them look positive. If you see, if you know what I mean, like less grim, dark, more. Uh, I want them to have an ethos about them. You know, they're 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 there to help. A bit like salamanders. You know, they're there for positive reinforcement and let humanity grow. I don't want them to look too angry and evil, which I know is stupid because Space Marines are there to scare the shit out of everyone. But I find the face maybe a little bit too chaosy. I don't know. I don't know what the right yeah, term is. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thinking of um, giving him just a normal helmet, to be honest, or sub, or like you said earlier, maybe painting it a different colour. But we'll see. Maybe I'll just give him the helmet he has. I don't know. Don't know. Um, but yeah, the other stuff in the set. I mean, the lieutenant looks fantastic. They always do. How many lieutenants that they've made now? Like twenty. Yeah, I think there's someone does post online. You know how you can actually get an army of just basically lieutenants and like just a couple of units of. Um, normal infantry, but you know, if you can have an army of them, but yeah, I get, now I get it. They feel that that's like the one role that's easy to fill because it's not like a full HQ, but points wise, it, it fits the role, doesn't it? Yeah, so and you can to... take multiples of them in one slot, which is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, so yeah, happy with that. I think um, I don't, I've not met anyone yet that says the Blade Guard veterans aren't cool. I think they're fucking so nice. All three of them look really good. Um, no, getting um, multi-part ones now as well. Yeah, and you can have them like holding pistols with their swords like sheathed, and you can have there's one that has the shield, uh, the, his shield on his back. Yeah, like holding his pistol and his sword. So I like I like that. I think that's really cool. I like the banner guy. I think he looks rad. Oh yeah, he's really he's really cool. He's very Age of Sigmar esque. It, it does it does look like an Age of Sigmar CAD that they've readjusted, um, and I think yeah. it probably was, especially the banner. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's cool. It, it sort of fits. And it fits with like, the sister stuff now that's coming out. They've got a lot of banners that look like they're like, 3D modelled, like full-on full um, totems, aren't they? So, they're, yeah, that works. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at any of the rules for these. So, I if I have to only take one ancient, I'm probably going to stick with the one I already have because I prefer a banner. Like, you know, I've done that nice big black banner with the fist on it. But I don't hate this one. He does look cool. Yeah, we're not the podcast if you want rules, by the way. Like, there are way better places to find out what yeah. you should be taking in the new edition. Yeah, if you're, we if, think it's cool or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping our listeners know that by now, that rule of cool is everything for us, um, not cool rules. Um, <laughs> eradicators, man. Eradicators look good. The the chunky chunky boys with the melted cannon things. Um, oh, yeah, they're, they're brutal. Yeah, they're... So they, they've got a pretty crazy rule that I do know is good. They can fire twice. Yeah, I mean, it's better than firing once, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that means lots and lots of dead armour. Um, yeah. So, little fact about these guys. Um, they're like a heavy um, intercessor. So, they're in Grav- Grav- Gravis armour, you know, like some of the captain models. Yeah. But these, I've heard, are going to be um, an infantry. I mean, they'll probably be a heavy choice, but their class is like heavy infantry. So, they're, yeah. they're kind of like the new versions of Devastators, who were just, you know, space marines with big guns. But there was a leak of a new set 
with the wearing the same armor but carrying what looked like massive bolt guns. So I reckon that while hell blasters have their own place, which is you know heavy, like a squad full of plasma guns, I think we're going to see a devastator esque squad of these eradicators, and they won't just have these melter guns because they've already shown. Someone's paused the video of someone flicking through the new rulebook and paused it on some screens. And they yes, think they've done that yeah. on purpose. They think Games Workshop did that intentionally to drive a, a buzz. Wouldn't put it past them. But yeah, they, they spotted the exact same models, but with these like massive unseen bolt guns before. And um, a, a Gravis Captain having yes, the same the captain, gun. Yeah, in the captain. Yeah. yeah, and it's called like a heavy bolt rifle or something like that. And that doesn't exist at the moment. So I reckon there's going to be a couple of weapon options. I wouldn't be surprised if we get like some kind of flamer or a missile would be cool, like a sort of heavy missile launcher or something. But yeah, or good. Cannon, new version of a last cannon or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's nice to see um, options coming. I kind of liked the old Devastator squad when you had like one of each in the entire squad, like one last cannon, one heavy bolter, one. It never made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of loved it. Mm. It's like the eight. I can't imagine like the A team or like someone just dropping in. Like, well, each one's got a role to do something. Well, because that, that's what that's what Gilliman intended, right? Was that you know everyone would be flexible enough to do anything. But in games terms, they were garbage because you could basically fire one at one thing, and it was just never <laughs> enough damage. Um, yeah, uh, so Space Marine stuff, I think the uh, Assault Squad looks cool, I think that they've needed a combat unit that's just normal guys for a while, a lot of talk about whether they'll get some kind of jump pack, and I know I've mentioned this before, I'm not keen on directly replacing stuff that exists, I think, for, for Marines, it has to have its own angle and its own thing, otherwise what's the point, you might as well just admit that you're doing an uh, upscaling project and not creating a new range if you see what i mean there yeah because yeah. if you just i've heard people go oh when are they going to get jump packs it's like why are you assuming they're going to get them like there's already marines with jump packs if they just did that then i'd rather they just admitted that they were scaling up the range which we know they are but they've never admitted it out loud <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i think i think at this point you can pretty much probably assume what? they are but I'd like it if they didn't. I'd like it if they created them a transport that they can launch out of, or give us a give us bigger drop pods and stick them in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah. Um, the bikes, bikes look good. Not much to say about them, really. They're huge as well. Fucking massive. Uh, so that's it for the Marines. Um, and then there's the Necrons. Um, I don't know much about the Necrons. I've not really engaged in it. Um, I'm sort of savouring all of that for when I do them myself. But yeah. I do think they look cool. I really like that Overlord. He looks rad. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of cool models. I think they've added a lot more character to the models. Like they just used to be very one-dimensional looking. Actually, in the past, like when they first came out, they were way they were really cool looking. Way more like Terminator looking than they mm. were. And then they went through the stage where they all became a bit, bit samey. Mm -hmm. But now then. No, they're looking good. That one that came with the Pariah book as well, where he's like sucking that guy up. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all in all, I really like range. And the weirdest one that I'm happiest to see is Decent Scarabs, because they're really good. Um, and just, yeah, just the ability to have lots of swarmy stuff on a base is always quite good, in my opinion. 
Um, yeah, I mean, everyone takes them. If you play Necrons, it's good to have a nice model of something that you, you know people are going to take. Yeah, so. I completely agree. And, uh, yeah, just on the Warriors, I think um, I like the fact that some of them are a bit beaten up, which I think is really cool, like missing jaws and, like, cracks and, and stuff on them. I think that looks cool. Yeah, so now you can, yeah, you can like, do them kind of away, either, either way, and then you can either do them, like, nice, shiny and new and being stored well or literally just being chucked in the ground. So they're all yeah, big. exactly. So we've been umming and ahhing in our group chat, haven't we, about when we get round to painting them, how we're going to do it. And I think I'm going to go classic, like the original, just dark silver with black and lots of green. I mean, it's hard not to go that way because it does look so good. I have to admit, it's... And it's one of those things where, you know, heavy metal dirty, like... It's the reason it's, it's the... Like, the yeah. choice, like the... Like the flagship colour for that army is because it, it looks so good. Yeah, because I don't hate the way they've done them. Like, and and um, I, someone shared a video that I think um, Darren Latham actually asked the guy how he'd replicated it so easily. <laughs> like he actually put it in the video, going, "Darren's asked me how I did this, and I copied it from their studio." So I've obviously yeah. done it. He obviously did it in a quicker, different way. But the way they've done it, you know, with the bronze look, it's actually silver with um, flesh shade wash over the armor panels. Yeah. And then, if you want to, you can highlight the edges silver, but you don't have to because the wash pulls away from the edges enough. Um, and that was really it. He did like some sort of cursory highlights on some shoulders and head areas just so they popped, but that was it. And they just looked so good. But it's just the silver, man. I love the idea of just using like three colours and that's it. Yeah, it's good. And. Just working with silver as well is pretty nice. It's so easy, so easy using silver, hence having an entire Primaris army that's just silver. Yeah, I don't think, personally, I don't, I've seen it before about gold, but I just don't think gold really fits them very well. I know maybe a bit more like an Egyptian one, maybe like gold and blue together. That could work, yeah. I think for me they're a moody range. I think when I think of like the, the, the mise-en-scene, the sort of... What is it they evo they evoke in me? You know, when I think of space marines. I think of like bright, bold, clean. I think neck ones. I do think moody. I don't know why. It's a pencil sketch in a book. Yeah. Monochrome mono colors. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's that's Indomitus. Um, I think uh, the rule book. I, I don't know if you've, you did. You buy that separately? I don't think you got the set, did you? I did. Yeah, because. I just went down and should, I hadn't ordered a pre-order or anything. So I just went down in the morning, queued upside for outside for ten minutes and missed the last box by one person, which is a total repeat of what happened with the sisters army box as well. But if I left five minutes before every time, I would be all right. But no, so I just was there at the time. But I just thought, fuck it, I'll just buy the rule book. I mean, you're not really a Space Marine collector anyway, are you? Other than Grey Knights. No, I, as I said to our friend Health, I probably would have. Sold the marines straight away to someone else, and then I've gone. Oh, I'll keep the necrons, and then just sold the necrons a year later when they still haven't seen the light of day. So. Yeah, I think I, I personally, I couldn't see you doing either army because I know you well enough. It's not, <laughs> it's not your jam. <laughs> Neither yeah. of them are dark enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you. I'm, I'm assuming you flick through the rule book, right? Yeah, yeah. There's um. It's fucking yeah, great. My thoughts on Nine so far is great. Vehicles are back. Everyone likes vehicles. That's cool. Vehicles and monsters. That's. I think that's going to be the way it goes to start with, anyway. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, I think blast weapons are back in a big way. 
Um, yeah, I had to go through that entire like list of all the new brass fragments. Like, oh crap! Yeah. Yeah, I know because I, I spent ages in eighth edition umming and ahhing about how to build one Lehman Rust tank, and I'm really glad I built it as just normal Lehman Rust tank because that cannon's going to be dope. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I think Land Raiders will make a comeback. Yeah. I think they're pretty good now. Like I've seen like the new there's these videos on the tabletop titans, like how to play each faction. And it seems to be like now you're you can use your big stuff to, as like a screening line for your what you would normally use as your infantry chaff is like swapped now because um, if people run up and touch your vehicles they can still like shoot shoot stuff so you can use that to block objectives so your infantry can go behind and to secure the objectives because it's all because you've got to secure it it's the securing phase is before your movement phase right so you kind of have to be there for a turn. Be there for a turn, exactly. So yeah. you need to be able to hold stuff. So yeah, if I remember correctly, I mean, I don't like you said we're not rule masters, but from my right. two two readings and two tabletop tactic videos I've watched, I think it's in the command phase, the new phase at the beginning, is when you collect all the points that you generated. So exactly. yeah, yeah. So you, you have to have been there a turn. So you're right. But tell you what, man, that is probably the most realistic representation yeah. of tanks. Exactly. You're meant to have your infantry behind your tank line usually, or following your tanks because you don't want to get shot up. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the whole point. You know, that's why tanks would roll with lines of infantry behind them because they were blocking snipers. They were stopping from being shot at. So, to me, it makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that I like the new. Is it the, the you know the terrain that's over five inches, so you can't see through it unless you roll up and like you're in it, touching it, and then you can see out the windows and fire. So there's lots of tricks where you can do where you things that can move after firing is when you can go up to the window fire and then move back out and be back into cover and things like that that's pretty yes yeah, the one thing i've not engaged with is the terrain rules i've not i've not absorbed them i i've said this to you before i i learn by doing i struggle to absorb rules or anything really by just reading it i don't i'm not very good at contextualizing like i have to just do it so I have to just basically the way I'm going to learn the game is I have to just play a thousand point game, just get get the models on the board, roll some dice, and then work my way through it, um, and trust on people like you or James to just teach me the rules as I go. Yeah, um, I think it definitely is going to take a few few games to get get my head around, but yeah, I can see evidence. I don't have any big gripes of anything. No, I mean, building no. an army seems. And it's slightly different, but it seems quite cool. I, mean, I think it's better. I think that I, I, I agree with what they've done because I do think that there were issues in eight around um, CP farming. I mean, that's one of the big problems everyone had, wasn't it? Was fucking hell, like everyone just taking millions of uh, cheap armies, taking lots of battalions, so they just yeah. stacked up on points. And now it's like there's not really a point. There's no point. No, you just all start the same. Actually, you lose. You lose points by stacking different um, detachments and things as well. So yeah, it's yeah, cool. I think it's really good, and I like that you gain a point back as well at the beginning of every turn if you've got your yeah. battalion commander thingy. So yeah, I mean, like we said, not a rules, not a rules podcast, but definitely taking this game favourably so far. From what I've seen, nothing's changed that dramatically, but what has changed is logical and makes sense. Um. So, uh, on to <laughs> slightly more negative. So, we've done the cool stuff. Yeah, it's all good. The game sounds good. Slightly negative stuff. So, for me, the release was a bit of a mess. 
like um, like you said earlier, alluded to around doing it during the coronavirus. Um, I think they probably had to as a business. I mean, I'm assuming they had these made a year ago. Um, and that's one of my gripes I'll get to in a minute. But it was stressful, to say the least. So I normally go third party because I like supporting independence. Um, and I went to do it through Dark Sphere, who were great. Um, and it was, they, they made everyone sign up to a signing up system, like first come, first serve signing up system. And instead of telling people early if they'd made it or not, they made you wait a couple of days and then did it. So that was a bit frustrating because I wasn't sure whether I was going to have to get up early and order it, uh, you know, at 10 a.m. or if it was going to happen quickly. You know, I really wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they emailed so I hadn't made the cut, which was annoying because I know I did it before certain people who did make it. Someone I know through work had done it after me and got on. So I don't really know how they how they did that system, but whatever, it's fine. It's like a dark city. Yeah, fucking dark city. I mean, I love them. They are great, but I know that our friends have had a pretty terrible experience um, finding out that they weren't actually on the first wave of deliveries. They'd be on the next bunch and didn't get the box until today um, when some of them had like set aside the weekend to, to absorb the hobby. Um, they ended up not doing that, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I was really lucky in the sense that I decided to not try and do it for a third party because I would find it too stressful. And I just made sure I was sitting at my computer at 10 o'clock, just refreshing the Games Workshop homepage. And it was exactly that. I was there at 5.2 and it was the old page. And then at 10, I refreshed and it changed. And it took me seven minutes to put one thing in my basket yeah. and pay bearing in mind i have an account with games workshop so it has all my details i didn't have to put anything in other than my three digit um code security card number you know the one on the back of the card that yeah. took me seven minutes and at every stage the page crashed and i couldn't guarantee i'd bought it i didn't get a confirmation email that i'd bought it for like half an hour um it was in my it was in my um uh, basket it got me, you know. It took me like three goes to get through the basket to get into the card detail bit. That yeah. crashed at multiple stages, and it crashed at the scariest point when it says "Don't refresh." Yes, yeah. hate that bit. <laughs> yeah, it just it just crashed. It just did it, and then I just closed it, reopened the Games Workshop website, and it was like six minutes past or something. My basket was empty, so I was like, "Okay, so have I paid for that?" Because I was still signed in, um, and then my I didn't get confirmation from my for like half an hour. Um, but I knew within about 20 minutes because I checked my bank balance and the money had gone out. So it's very stressful. And I find it crazy because they knew they purposely made it this hyped and this, this intense. So I don't know why they, someone that works in digital, you don't have to have servers that crash. You can buy better servers. You can protect your business from those situations. Yeah. Uh, I just I find it frustrating that a business that's do had one of the best financial year well the best financial year it's ever had still gets these like really basic mundane things wrong. Um, again, it's I hate griping, but it does wind me up because they're a great business and I want them to do well. But this was just a shambles, like such a shambles. So many people didn't get one. Um, you know, they it, it seems like they may be pissed around with their third party providers. You know, which caused a downstream of shit, if you know what I mean. You know, if you shit on the supplier, oh, yeah. it's going to go downstream completely. 
I've definitely know. heard a lot of the number of boxes that they um were gonna have available to that's like got cut in half, so yeah, it's pretty stressful. I mean, all in all, it's amazing. It's a great set. It was going to be busy. It was going to be hard work to get them, but I just don't get why it's so hard in 2020 when you're a really successful company. Um, just put a bit of time into this sort of stuff. It's it's a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the other gripe that has sort of come off the back of that was the one about the... Um, uh, before we go into the codexes and stuff, around the... Um, I forget the name of it now. The app that they're making um, oh yeah I don't know what, I can't remember what it's called now I just... can't remember what it's called but the feedback on that has been atrocious you know once again they're just rushing stuff out and not putting the time in um, you only get one release like you can't I'm really tired of this like oh we'll just release it and then add add-ons and updates like they do with games now um, seems like Games Workshop kind of take that approach to a lot of stuff is like just get it out and it will sell it's like yeah but you piss people off <laughs> Like, you're going to damage your brand eventually if you're not careful. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, as you say, like a company nowadays, you know you're going to get like this rush like straight away, so just prepare for it. Yeah. It shouldn't be difficult. Just hire an infrastructure company or an IT company to help you out. Yeah, and I'm not entirely sure why this app's done so badly when there's one out there that exists that's super popular, and I work in the industry. I know what it's like. You just go and look at them, and you work out why they're good, and you do those things, and then you work out what they do bad, and you do those things better. So I don't get why they couldn't do that and get it right. It's like I'm coming. It's a free. That Battlescribe is a free. You know, it's it's free unless you want to pay to support it, and it's community based. It's like, come on, you're a multi-million pound company. You could make one of those. Honestly, I guarantee you could make one of those in a couple of months, and it'd be incredible. Um, so don't get yeah, what they've you're not the source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, like the, you you're, you're the source. Like, of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it screams. It screams rushed, lack of time, and not tested enough. From what I've heard, you know, it screams that it's not been user tested. Maybe it has, but not with people that actually know it. You know, and know how to use it. Um, so you know, our friend Dan has very wisely said you know stay away from it for a little bit but it should get better when they do the inevitable updates but to me that's not good enough like i hate griping this heavily but shouldn't be releasing stuff when it's not ready you should actually you know get it right the first time around because it's really important it's an exciting thing you just launched a new range of uh, sorry a new edition of the game that should be like the poster boy for the new range and the new the new edition like look how easy we're making it for you you don't have to carry two or three hardback books around you can just do it on your phone and that's fucking cool and instead it's just whimpered away and gone so they're gonna have to redo it they're gonna have to relaunch it which just seems so dumb because they could have ridden the wave with the release of this uh, set like properly but it feels like they just rushed it out because it wasn't quite ready it's all a bit yeah marketing it annoys me when it's done wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is interesting why they why it's interesting why they picked this time as well to get to, to release this if yeah. the new stuff wasn't going to be ready, it's interesting. But yeah, yeah. If it was me, I'd rather have completely hidden it, made people forget that you said it was going to come out soon, and release it when it's ready, and make a big deal about it. But oh well. I mean, I'm sure. I'm wondering if someone we know is listening to it. Um, this that works there uh, can go knock on their door and tell them what we think. But all in all, <laughs> they are minor gripes. And it, do you know what? It's we're very privileged. We can get annoyed at a business that makes toys. Do you know what I mean? It's. Yeah, what yeah, time to be alive? It's not the end of the world. I still love them. I still love what they do. I still love their products. I just want them to do better in some things. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it just make it's just about making it a bit. I like these OP. But as you say, there are other things out there. I mean, even just they've got the books. I mean, it's, it's still work. It's still workaroundable. But not... my poor back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was saying. We never play any games anyway. So you know. oh, it's been it's been far too long. It's been I haven't played this year, which is dreadful. I tell a lie. I played some Underworlds in February, so no March. So I have played. I've just not played anything that requires boxes and boxes and three hardback books. Yeah. Um, it does remind me of when we went to. I, think, I don't think you were there. We went to Warhammer World, and I took my Death Guard for thirty k, and I had like four hardbacks. One rucksack was just rule books, just so we could play a game. Insane. Pretty insane. Um, anyway, so positives. Positives, it is amazing. Um, no, no more negative Dave, no more negative Jamie. We do love what they're doing, but it is a bit of a gripe. Um, so, what else has been going on? Uh, codexes, that, I mean, probably going to end up griping again. does feel a bit unfortunate that they're releasing another Space Marine Codex less than a year after the last one came out. But... Yes. It just makes me wonder why, what's been going on. Like, I know they release things in a year in advance, but maybe when they come to the end of releasing that, they're like, "Oh shit, we got this on the horizon." Really it it just makes me think. <laughs> it makes me think they're doing both in tandem. And new, new, you know, they knew, they knew. Of course, they knew. Like, oh, I, I bought the um, loads of people bought the Imperial Fist Supplement Codex eight months ago. You know, super popular, and then that's now gonna get binned. Because the new space, yeah. you know, that's a lot of money for some people. Like that's at least sixty pounds worth of books just gone within less than twelve months. Um, I do think they've got to be careful. So yeah, I, I think maybe it's a lot of it's driven by like competitive gaming as well. So people want new rules updated quickly as possible to be to keep the competitive scene going and like mm-hmm. make sure they've got rules that make are not broken for them. But it does affect. I guess it's maybe it's on our fault to be like, do I really need this book right now? Am I going to play any competitive or any games that are really going to need this book? And think about that. But obviously, everybody still wants to get the newest stuff, no matter what. So mm, mm. yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I I do feel gutted that I bought the um, uh, Psychic Awakening book with Black Templars in it, and I've not had the chance to use it, and it's probably never going to get used. Um, but Psychic Awakening is still. Paladin, apparently, that's they were all written with ninth in mind. Okay, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yeah. Joe, so I've got two versions of the Space Marine Codex for eighth edition, and I've not played a game with them yet. <laughs> You're gonna get a third soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go through three codexes before I actually use the army, which is a bit frustrating. Well, because I bought it and started planning to do it just before lockdown, and then yeah. then lockdown happened. Um, and I got start getting it painted and finished, and then obviously the new editions kicks in. So it's just awful timing. So I can't blame them for that. They don't make, like you said, they don't make me buy the book. It's just I do think it's a little bit suspect that they released that book. This was obviously being made and done. This was probably done by the time that book was created. Oh yeah, what goes into having to make a book? It takes like, two, they do least... everything two years in advance. So yeah. it is a bit frustrating. Like I wonder if there's some people in the games workshop that are selling the books by hand to people knowing that it was going to be in the bin within 12 months but can't fault them they are trying to make the game better and that is fair that is their business but um, yeah I, I mean people in the stores probably are not fully aware oh of totally them. totally i don't think anyone in the store knows really yeah yeah but well again still love what they're doing just be careful 
we start really pissing people off because <laughs> the internet <laughs> the internet was not happy. But um, no, no, it's good. No, but hey, it's great. You know, you've got a new edition, great new models. Exactly, exactly. A game that I think is gonna is gonna work better. I think it's gonna be more streamlined, more effective. I think it's gonna be more nuance in how you play, not just. I think Warhammer does a tendency of line up armies against armies, roll dice, and just batter the shit out of each other. Or I think there should be more tactics involved and I think these new rules etc do play into that more yeah definitely with the um, having secondary objectives as well so like you can yeah. build you can craft your tactic which I think is awesome so yeah totally agree I think it's all in the right direction I, I'm conscious I don't want to sound too negative It's I love way it's, the way it's going there is just this little bit of me that thinks did they need to release that last set of codex updates for armies because they're about to redo them and I have a feeling they're probably doing them at the same time so that that to me just smells of a cash grab, which I think is really unfortunate. But like you said, the competitive scene is consistently going on, so it probably yeah. caters for a lot of that because they need it straight away. Um, but I do think well, I've seen it. I've seen it on the Warhammer Facebook page, the official one, when they announced the Necrons and Space Marines books. Several people going, "That's it, I'm out. Like I can't, I can't afford to keep buying these books." Um, so yeah, I don't believe they're really out. It's like that guy that burnt his Warhammer <laughs> when Age of Sigma came out. <laughs> Watch that video today of the guy who burnt his fantasy army. It's yeah. like, mate, it's statue a lot of that is probably still valid. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? And and Warhammer Old World is coming back. So yeah. more fool you. But um, yeah, no, Games Workshop, if you are listening, we love you and you do do good stuff. Just be careful before people start banging on your doors and asking for your heads. Yeah, um, um, I think actually as well, like there was that teaser that's going around sort of like the orc, mm. mod, the Admech model and stuff. I reckon those will be dropping with the, with their codexes. So I think we might we might see new codexes this year. I'm okay. hoping they just pump them all out really quickly because there's nothing worse than that. Um, what's the word? Sort of being sort of floating in the middle, not sure if your army's any good or not. Like everyone just needs their book, needs their rules. <clears throat> Off you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. A lot of these armies, especially the ones that got their edition codex, is really early in 8th. They haven't had an update for ages, actually, as well, if you think about it. So, as you say, the Space Marine stuff's been updated three times, where one army hasn't had an update for flipping eight. I mean, like, what, what was one of the first ones that got released? Um, oh, I can't remember. I mean, like, I'm sure Dark Elder, like not had anything good for a while it's, it's kind of always happened though like um i look back at seventh edition maybe sixth i think seventh edition uh dark angels and chaos space marines got the first set of codexes because they were the, like the box set drop and um uh every army got a release chaos got a second codex i think tau got a second tyranids got a second then right at the end <laughs> Dark Angels got a new codex, and then literally about three months later, Eighth appeared. <laughs> so, like, I bought this Dark Angels book, and I got to use it like three times, and then that was it. The edition was over. So again, I know it comes out for the right reasons, but it is sometimes a huge risk. Um, you know, I, I wonder if there's. I'm sure I've seen online someone say that there is a slight window of time where if you've purchased a rule book or a codex and it gets replaced. You can take it back. I know our friend Gav did it with um, seventh edition. Um, yeah, no, sorry, it's with sixth edition. He bought the sixth edition rule book, and the seventh dropped like a month later. 
he'd he'd, ne- he'd not even used it. And he took it back into the shop, and they just swapped it. Yeah, so, the problem is that you actually keep your receipt, and he keeps the receipts. But yeah, well, I mean, you can just do it. if you pay with your card. You can just find it online, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Smart. Um, right, no more negative Nelly. We've done loads of negativity, but I do, I do love where they're going. I do love where they're going. Um, so we've got two more topics, but we're running out of time. We try and keep this an hour, so let's try and keep these short and sharp. Um, so one of our mates asked us to talk about the future of Space Marines and where we think it's going. Um, I think it's worth talking about, Jamie. Like. From my point of view, I was very much in the camp of they'll never do that. Primaris will be their own thing and Space Marines will be their own thing. Um, and the way they've talked about them being created, like Primaris in the past, Primaris are, it's like the final stages. You have to create a normal Space Marine to get to a Primaris. Um, so I could never understand why they'd get rid of normal ones because they, they can do other things like be Terminators and drive tanks and fly planes. But... I think this is the sort of last one of the last releases before they sack it all off. What do you think? Yeah, I think well, money talks. So if people are still buying Space Marine kits, then probably not. But who's who's still buying old Space Marine kits? Me. Well, <laughs> well there you go. One person. <laughs> very little. Very not many people are going to still be buying, especially with all the primary stuff that they keep chucking out, and they do perform battlefield roles that are very similar now that he's he's buying them so eventually when no one buys them what's the point of them making it anymore yeah so completely yeah, agree it's gonna it's gonna go but yeah it'd be, a sad, it'd, be a sad, it'd be a sad day when tactical squads don't exist anymore they've been around for as long as i can remember yeah it, yeah well, exactly yeah it's kind of um Problems are kind of look a bit cute now next to the primaries. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Like, so I, I mean, the reason I said me is because I've been doing this Armageddon projects. Um, I'm obviously doing some Black Templars. Um, I've got those built, ready to go. Uh, they're, my, they're they're quite next on my list once I finish off these last few fist. Uh, 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 sorry, Steel Legion things. Um, and they're they're normal small boys. I, I bought those with um, the Black Templars upgrade sprues. I'm looking forward to it because it is. Um, but it does feel like it might be. The swan song. I mean, that's one of the reasons I've done them is because I have a feeling it's probably the last chance I'm going to get to collect an actual army of some kind. You know, I won't go too heavy on them, but you've got to have Black Templars in Armageddon, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think I think what really called it out for me is when they started making the characters into Primaris. You know, yes. when they shifted <laughs> Kalgar and Mephiston and... Um, uh, Shrike it's like ah right they're actually bringing characters forward because they're not going to keep them in the past um, I still don't know how I feel about it I think there's space for both but I think you're right I think money talks um, for me it goes back to what I mentioned earlier I, James James put it really well uh, sometimes I wish they just ripped the plaster off and just did it and just went yeah, it's, it's a re- it's, we're going to be honest it's a rescaling project you know, it, it is. It's a rescaling project. They're, they're trying to make them bigger because bigger things sell better because they're better. They're easier to paint. Um, you can do more with them, and I think it helps the smaller ranges look smaller. If you see what I mean, like humans. You know, they're trying to make Cadian models, and they could only make them so small and be poseable. But they were fucking as tall as a space marine. It's like, but space marines are meant to be like eight or nine foot tall. <laughs> So yeah, I think yeah. this is addressing that problem. I think that's the key thing they're trying to get is making the battlefield look the right scale. 
Um, and that's all totally fair, totally get it. But it was definitely positioned as Primaris being their own thing back in the day. And, you know, they're saying like that the Space Marines still get created because it's uh, to make a Primaris from scratch, it's later editions, the final three things, uh, the things that yes. take yeah. them to Primaris. And that's why some Space Marine characters that are old, because then they're not young enough, but when, you know, like Calgar is, is a great example, when they go through the furnace or whatever they call it, the Rubicon, um, can become one because that is part of the process. You can become one, but I wish they were just honest and just did it <laughs> and just like went right the next yes. year, all space marine range is going to be gone and we're going to have some Primaris instead. Um, it's a shame. It is, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, definitely a nostalgia feel was gone, but eventually, I mean, there's people coming into the hobby now that you know, Primaris is their tactical marine. So. Yeah, it's like uh, our friend Dan, Mister Pryor. You know, he's he's very much. Uh, he put it really well. He's like, yeah, it's a shame, but at the same time, it's quite nice to have this clean slate, this like entirely new range that doesn't have characters that are smaller than the models next to him, like Dante. Dante is tiny. Yeah. Yes. He's fucking yeah. in charge. <laughs> He's so small. I mean, I'm amazed they haven't made him into a Primaris character yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess Mephiston had more... I don't know. I guess he could be... He's quite a cool character, Mephiston, but... Dante's guess... really old. He's the oldest yeah. living space marine, so maybe it will kill his little ticker. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, it's going to happen eventually. I mean, for me personally, it's like, where's my Primaris Grey Knights? But well, my theory on that is Gilliman didn't know about the Grey Knights, therefore didn't cater for them in numbers. Yeah, well, as some people say even Cool doesn't know, didn't know about the Grey Knights. So. Oh yeah, they were well because they the Titan disappears before the Heresy um, siege starts. You know, yeah. the project's already going. No one knew about it, but Malkador. Um, and his his cadre of secret agents, and then they make the planet disappear, and it stays disappeared for thousands of years. So I have a feeling Gilliman didn't have a clue anyway. Um, doesn't mean they can't have them in the future though. Yeah, there's this whole thing about oh, not having a Primarch because they're all it's the Empress meant to be the Empress Gene Seed as well. So there's that whole thing about that as well. But they will eventually. I mean, and there's also things because they've got to be a psyker. They're trying to get lots of psychers. To to become Primaris as well. I think there's never meant to be an issue about Primaris psychers, and they're not, not quite in, in the number that, that was needed. So there's all that as well. But, I mean, really, the reality is that for Grey Knights, you can't just stick a new pauldron on it and say it's a Primer, like change it, say, oh, that's a Grey Knight. You yeah, have to do that whole armour because it's such a different-looking armour to normal Space Marines. So yeah. that's, that's the reason why. They need a whole new design, which will eventually will happen, but... Yeah, it will. It must be really low down the pecking order, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really low down the pecking order. And they, they run Terminators, mostly, and the Terminators hold up, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love them. I think they look fantastic, so I completely agree. It'd be a shame if they go that way, though, because the ter Grey Knight Terminators are so iconic, and well, like I mentioned, they're not... I don't like them when... I don't like. I don't want them to just go, oh, this is just a direct scale-up replica replication of something that already exists. They are making yeah. them different. You know, like, intercessor squads don't have assault weapons like a tactical squad can do. You know, there are these, like, nuances. So if they did go Grey Knight with Primaris, which, like you said, they will, what are they going to do? You can make normal versions that have the Storm Bolter on one hand and the weapon in the other. But there's no Terminator equivalent. Like, Gravis armor isn't Terminator armor. It's just better power armor. Um, so I'd be, yeah. I'd be intrigued to see what they do. 
I'm not. I'm not in a rush for it, as you say. Mostly run Terminator. The Terminator's still look cool. I mean, there might be a case for a new Draco model because that is fucking old. Yeah. And he needs to be a supreme commander as well. Although he's never in. He's just stuck in the warp half the time, so he's probably not you out of the warp enough to become Primaris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Happen, I think. Um, I think just to wrap that bit up quickly, I think um, the current Space Marine range has got a couple of years left in it, and then I think they'll start final selling it, which they've done with millions of ranges. It's not new, you know. You look back at all the Warhammer oh, stuff, yeah. you know, they'll just whack a label on it, going, "This is going to disappear soon." Um, but I do think there's an audience for it for now. I think um, within our group, this 40k historical thing has like lit a fire under a few people's asses about like. Oh god, yeah, I do. I do like the game pre Primaris. I do like the game in this one period of time. Like James was worried about ever using his Ultramarines again, and I just went, "Well, let's just do a forty k historical day, and we just do like Battle of McCrag with Tyranids. There's no Primaris there. There's no Reboot Gilliman there. That, yeah. and he was just like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." So there's loads of like reasons to keep it going for a while but i think the only other thing that will keep them going is uh, in terms of like tanks especially and things like drop pods is if uh, forge world give heresy a good boost because um that's sort of dithered quite a bit that's now two additions behind in the game that's still yeah, in seventh yeah. so we'll see what happens there that was my favorite version of seventh was heresy i fucking loved playing that um <laughs> it was quick and brutal like games like an hour and a half two hours long because you were just wiping shit out really quickly. Um, yeah. But now it's just so far back, and the game's advanced so much. The only way they'd be able to sell more Space Marine stuff is if they link it in with Heresy. Because yeah. then they'll just clean out all those plastic Terminators and, uh, yeah, tanks and stuff. Um, well, I didn't also say that there's no actual old Marines in the core book, in the rule book anymore. Like, all the pictures are just of primary stuff. Yeah, James <laughs> noticed that. No, I mean, the vast majority of like the actual pictures of models is Primaris. I was just looking at it. Yeah, there's some Terminators in one of the Ultramarines pictures. Yeah, a couple of Terminators, but... A couple of Land Raiders. But well, I, I still think Land Raiders are still going to kick around, actually, because some of them have got points drops, and I think it's a, it's a very iconic model. Plus, it's quite big, so it sort of fits. It doesn't look small compared... It's on. It's on tracks, which is weird for Primaris because everything floats. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Everything floats or has big wheels. That's something I'm not fully sold on either. But there we go. Well, I I am in the sense that a lot of stuff was grav tech during the Crusade, and it just got lost over time. I mean, obviously, everyone still used Land Raiders and and rhinos and stuff they've been around for ten thousand years. But there was grav weaponry, and it was. Oh, yeah. It was a little bit more available. Um. Like the Imperium used to use grav, like the the Imperial Army before it became the, the Guard, used grav tanks and stuff, and then that, obviously that text just died off, and then Cold brought it back, which is cool. So it does it does feel right to me, but I know what you mean. It's nothing quite like a big meaty land raider smashing through a building and running everyone over. Yeah. Um, right, conscious of time, and I know we like to keep these episodes short. Um, my last question was from Scott, so. Who do you think the next Primark is? So, who do you want, but who do you actually think? Good question. Um, trying to think who who's available. I, I mean, part of me thinks it's got to be... Um, oh, I don't know, it's a good question. Salamanders, I think. 
um, old, uh, what's his face? Vulcan. Vulcan, yeah. I mean, first of all, he's a, a perpetual, so he's not dead. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, I think he's quite a cool character to bring back as well. He's quite a, like a level-headed one. So, yeah, maybe him, or I guess it's the lion as well. Yeah, yeah, my my vote would be the lion if it was loyal. Um because he's the one that Gilliman didn't get on with. I mean they did, but you know, if you've read Unremembered Empire, they the 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 lion was the first brother to find the warp beacon light that they'd set up to direct traffic to McCrag, loyal traffic. And um yeah. it was the lion and his, the lion is like why does it have to be him out of all my brothers? Like, why does it have to be the lion? Because um, they, they just don't get on, but they do respect each other. So I think it would add a nice little dynamism for the, the narrative because Gilliman's on this huge restructuring and holding the pieces together mission, right? You know, he's trying to rebuild the galaxy and make the Imperium strong again. I think bringing in his brother that thought he should have been Warmaster over Horus adds a whole other layer because Gilliman is the Lord Commander of the Imperium. So he's like super rank. He, that's a big, that's a higher rank than a Warmaster. That is the Emperor in all but name. Um, yeah. So I think the, the Lion would really struggle with that, which I think adds a lot of texture to the good the, the goodies, the good guys story, which maybe it's lacking a little bit at the moment, at least on the nice side of the... Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's a good character. He would be. Um, I could see how it progressed. Maybe other stories with like because it's really weird they released that cipher model and like nothing really came of it. Yeah, and he's carrying a massive sword. Yeah, it's like a weird Which choice is... to put in that box set with. Who did he come with? He came with Voldus, the grand, the grey knight character, and Gulliman. Didn't yeah, Gulliman. He came with. Uh, was it the Mechanicum character? Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's the woman, the Celestine. Yeah. Because so like, they, they, they did the journey to get Gilliman, didn't they? Yeah. But Cypher there, it's such a weird character to put in there. Well, because he ran away after he disappeared. That's what he always does. He helps, and then he'll disappear, and then he'll go like kill a load of space marines for no reason. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But they didn't do anything else with it past that story, so it's kind of like, I feel you need to have something connecting him or bring him back into it. But no, It's, been, anyway, a hundred, it's yeah. been a hundred years, so he could have done all sorts. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, people forget that it's been a hundred years since Gilliman woke up in the current game. Like Gilliman's likes, uh, you see it in the map actually in the rule book that parts of the Dark Imperium are visible again. Like, do you oh, notice? Yeah. Do you notice yeah. in the map there's like greyed out bits which aren't just black anymore, where they've like re starcraft or whatever the right word is. Mm. So they've like re re explored and pushed back the boundary a little bit so they can talk and communicate again, which is quite cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the line, I think it was going to be a bad Primark, bad, goodies and baddies, they're all bad, but it's going to be, um, a, I think Fulgrim, and I think he's probably the most likely. Yeah, I think actually, other than that. I, I think they could do a, give them six months, let, let this bed in, they'll probably do another Warhammer release soon, um, sort of buffer. I could see a full Emperor's Children range eventually. Because it's the one Chaos God Legion that hasn't got a range and tons of models. doesn't have any. It's got really, really old cacophony, the, the noise marines. 
and it's got Lucius the Eternal, and that's it. Yeah, and that model sucks as well. Yeah, they fucking suck. They've never got them right. But then the art, <laughs> they've never got them right, but the artwork is stunning, and the artwork is ripe for amazing models. And you look at the Sonesh range for Age of Sigmar, or just Demons, yeah, cool. that yeah. came out last year, all look incredible. Like that fucking musician that's on his knees, with his arms up, and they've made his made into a harp and all the strings yeah. his muscle sinews that's like event horizon level gore that's amazing and, and that weird like goat male female thing in the tights and things like that's like it's really cool like, i've seen so many good versions of that as yeah it's well. pretty bad because because i really think that empress children and slanesh get a really bad rap in mostly because of like original uh law where it was all like boobs and sex uh, but actually, like, it's about excess and um, depravity and, um, you know, just just pure grimness. And I, I think I find it the scariest god because it's the one that you, I can recognise the easiest for a human to fall into. Because it's about addiction, uh, you know, drug addiction or self-harm or any of those. Like, those, those all play into the Slaneshi makeup. Um, yeah, that's me. And I find that really scary. <laughs> so I think that um, the, the Empress Children range could be stunning. They could make it absolutely beautiful. Um, and having just seen tons of the characters in um, uh, the, 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 uh, the last Siege of Terror book, you see about 30 captains in it all at once. I won't say anything else. But they sound amazing when they describe them. Like they've all got their mouths wired open and they've got like... One of them's got an array of peacock feathers coming out from behind his helmet, like a sort of crest, and carrying like whips and swords and really baroque like noise weaponry, and they just sound bonkers. And they're not yeah. all one colour, which I think is quite cool. Like they don't wear purple and black uniformly. Like one guy's just painted green and yellow with like purple bits around him. Like they all just go completely bonkers and do what they want. And I think that's really fun. So the range yeah. could the range could be stunning. I think it's definitely the hardest range to get right, though. Like, it's really it's going to polarise a lot of people if they did it. But, like, as, as, as in the books, it's definitely the most not chaosy chaos range. But yeah, yeah. Chaos. We think, like, Death Guard and Thousand Suns have a full and complete range. Corn, not so much, but they do get drip-fed a lot of stuff over time. Um, but they're still existing with the Berserker models that have been around for... 21 years, I think they came out in 1999. They have a better, de they definitely have a better demon range than the marine range, but yeah, yeah, yeah like the bloodthirsters and stuff. But they're saying that, like, the the, the Sonesh demon stuff looks cool. But just imagine that Fulgrim coming out with a handful of units and some terminators blow me away. I'd sink thousands into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, but I don't think it is going to be a bad because they've got two. Already, so. uh, but the thing is, it's all about the stakes being against the Imperium. So I think having more than two is a good thing for the game. Yeah, maybe. I think make make Reboot Gilliman really, really suffocate before releasing another uh, uh, another loyal brother. Like imagine that get Fulgrim out for another year, move the story forward where I don't know they kick in one of the gateways through the the Maldiction, the Maldiction, you know, the Great Rift make that a really big focus group point of one of the stories and then the lion saves the day bingo just kill Gilliman off yeah Bobby, kill. no don't kill Bobby G again I love him <laughs> yeah 
Cool. All right. So we think it's going to be a bad guy, Fulgrim. If we think good, the lion. Fair. I think that's pretty common theory. But then saying that they could they could do Angron, but I think he's the one that least excites me. He doesn't really offer much. No, I think it'd be too similar to like they've got quite a lot of these big like um, corn demons anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. Business. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't offer much in terms of visual joy. But then if they did the whole world eater range to look like Khan the Betrayer, that would be sick. Because his model yeah. looks amazing and the rest of the range looks shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 But cool. no, I, I think maybe Vulcan as well. I think there's some good... If they did bring Vulcan, that would, that would be a cool model. And it would add another... I don't know. I think he's a cool, cool character. But. He is cool. He's, uh, Khan as well. Khan would be quite interesting. This, this yeah. unwieldy, lives-in-the-moment strategist who is very, very smart, but is more about relying on instinct and adapting which is the polar opposite to Gilliman and the Lion and, and Dawn even, who are pragmatist planners. You know, they, they, they set their mission out and they adjust when they need to, but they're not of the moment. Whereas the Khan is like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to go that way. And see yeah. what I do. He's the only one that's not I've got a Horus Heresy model either. Correct, yeah. And they have confirmed that he'll be a dual model. So he's going to come mounted and non-mounted. Nice, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, because his, his, his rules, they're already out. He comes with a jet bike. Fuck oh, on. Yeah. And in the books, he uses jet that bike. jet bike a lot, and it's fucking unreal. Um, yeah. I've got to get to him in the horror series. I haven't read any of his stories. Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Rake's books are fantastic. Uh, Scars and Path of Heaven are two sort of guilt, not guilt special, what's the right word? Uh, sleeper hits. I think um, the, the White Scars had very little in the way of in-depth background written about them before he got hold of them. You know, there was the odd token character that was very sort of Mongolian-esque, as they always do when they don't have a lot of time to write about them, but he really builds out their culture and their persona as a, as a legion um, and the sort of rifts between them uh, culturally, internally. Because, you know, every legion has their problems of integrating Terran space marines that were originally of the chap of the legion um, and then finding Chagoris or whatever planet it is that legion's from and integrating those marines in. Um, yes, they yeah. struggle with it more than anyone else because the cultures are so different, um, and that's a really interesting part of their background. It's really, really good to read. Um, oh. I'd recommend dropping everything and reading them straight away. They're really good. Mm. Um, I just do that. Yeah, do it. Just drop everything. Leave your kids for two weeks and go. <laughs> just, just go now. Just <laughs> um, cool, man. I think that's a really strong episode. I think there's a lot to chew over. I think. We did some negatives, which we don't normally do, but we did loads of positives too, which is good. Um, yeah, I think that's it for tonight. I'm I'm ready for bed. Um, yeah, cool. All right, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with what we're we doing, Jamie. We're doing Gaunt's Ghosts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing the first book of Gaunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to. I've, I've I haven't read it since we decided we're doing it, but I've read it multiple times, and I will read it before we do. But yeah, um, thanks for listening. I'm David. I'm Jamie. Bye. Cheers. Bye.